Hey everyone, and welcome to On The Spot Talk with Dee Malone. You already know it's Dee Malone. And so guess what, y'all? I have someone in the building that honestly, this is for the ladies. She's gonna bless us today. Dr. Kiara King. But but she's not just like a, a like you know a doctor. She's an OBGYN and OBGYN F-A-C-O-G. We're gonna get into what that means in a minute, but we want to welcome Dr. King to the house. Hey! Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you for being a part of uh, On The Spot Talk. And this this is going to be, I know, an amazing conversation. First of all, y'all, she is, uh, from what I've learned, a phenomenal Black woman. And I mean that in every sense of the word, and that's not me just hyping. No, I'm serious. First of all, to learn about not just that you are a mom and an OBGYN, F-A-C-O-G, which we're going to get into in a second. <laughs> um, and that, that to me, just it's like, it, it's a really big deal. But you're a mom with style and you are a woman who is after the care of women. Like it's a really big deal to you. And so for me, that's a really big deal. Because as, as, as Black women, we don't have a lot of people advocating for our health. So to have you stand in the gap, I just want to say thank you so much. You're um, welcome. Thank you for doing what you're doing. Now, what made you want to do this? What, what was that spark that, you know, you're, you're, you've, you've gone through schooling and now you're like, it's time to get into college. And, and you're, you're like, okay, this is what I want to do. What, did it happen when you went to college at first? Did you change me? Like, how did you get there? Yeah, so interestingly enough, um, I always knew I wanted to become a physician. Um, I think I wrote maybe in second grade, we had some like project we had to write. And, you know, it was one of those like all about me books you know, and um, in the book, it's like, I wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, a teacher, a dancer, like magically all at once somehow. Um, but so the idea of me being a physician, I had um, had for a long time. And once I got to college, you know, I said, you know, I don't really want to do, I've kind of always thought outside the box without really realizing I was thinking outside of the box. I just mm -hmm. did it. But I, I said, I don't want to do a traditional pre-med major. I went to the University of Michigan, go blue. Um, but at, at Michigan, they did not have what was considered a pre-med major. Many colleges will have like a pre-med major where you take the prereqs for medical school and maybe some electives here and there. Um, they didn't have a pre-med major, but oftentimes um, people who were considered pre-med may have majored in biology or um, chemistry or one of the, one of the sciences. Mm -hmm. And I just remember thinking, I don't want to major in that. Like if I major in that and I decide I don't want to be a doctor, 
what am I going to do with that? I don't want to do anything in that field. And so I learned about um, or came to know of um, the School of Kinesiology at uh, the University of Michigan. And kinesiology is basically the study of movement. And within kinesiology, there were several um, majors that I could elect. And so I ended up applying to the School of Kinesiology. And, you know, you could be an athletic trainer, you could be, uh, you could do sports medicine, you could do uh, biomechanics, there were a few different majors within kinesiology that you could do. And I really happened to like athletic training. And so athletic training is, is essentially kind of in a nutshell, the um, kind of caring for athletes and their injuries and helping to prevent injuries as well as rehabilitating injuries if they arise. Mm -hmm. And so it was really cool. Um, I got to work with a variety of sports. I worked with the crew team, like the rowing team, softball, um, football, that's just gymnastics. I can't remember. But over the, over the, the three years that I was in the program, because I didn't start my freshman year, but over the three years that I was in the program, we, we basically did rotations through sports. Once you could, you know, learn about different sports, but also so you could learn about the sports injuries that um, each sport would uh, potentially have. Because obviously, oh, I just think I did volleyball. Volleyball, you're going to have tons of shoulder injuries because hmm. they're doing tons of shoulder movements. Hmm. Um, you know, something like football, it, it, it could be anything because depending on the position, um, you know, it could be shoulder, it could be leg, knee, you know, tearing an Achilles, um, you know, anything like that. So I really um, found it very interesting and got to do a lot of hands on that I wouldn't have gotten to do had I done biology, had I done physics or chemistry. Like we literally, like I literally did anatomy classes physiology classes, wow. um, exercise physiology classes, meaning like studying what happens to the body as we're moving, like how do we metabolize oxygen, like all that kind of stuff. So wow. I got a really good foundation of, um, I think honestly better than I would have doing a pre-med major because I was doing stuff that was directly connected with the body. Mm -hmm. So anyway, with that foundation, when, you know, I eventually, you know, applied and got into medical school, I was thinking I would do orthopedic surgery because oh. I had done all of this athletic training and all of this sports rehabilitation and essentially sports mm -hmm. medicine to some extent. And I was like, orthopedics will be perfect. Like, you know, and so the, the first two years of med school are uh, basically in the classroom and are your basic sciences. So you're doing um, anatomy, physiology, biochemistry, um, histology, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know, same thing second year, but second year you, you learn more about the pathology of things. And so your third and fourth year are your clinical years. And so when I got to my you, we, third year, you do basically some key rotations. So you, mm -hmm. everyone does these rotations, like mm -hmm. everyone does internal medicine, family medicine, surgery, psychiatry, pediatrics, ob like everyone does those six main core rotations. Oh, and then you have electives. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, honestly, things may be a little bit different now. I started med school in 2003. So, oh my God, it's been almost 20 years. That's kind of crazy to think of. But um, yes. Yeah, so, and, and then you have, then you have electives that, that everyone does, but they're not like the core, like where you're there for like six to 12 weeks. They may be like a two week elective for like urology, 
neurology with an N, um, orthopedics, you know, you, I think I had for two weeks. And so you have these other ones that are kind of mixed in, but that are shorter rotations. So I remember when I did orthopedics, I was like, mm, this is not what I want to do <laughs> at all. You know, it was really cool, but I remember being in the OR and it just felt like a mechanic. It is like a, an auto body shop. And I was like, <laughs> I, I'm like, this is not for me. Like, this is not for me at all. And so then I said, you know what? Maybe I'll do, because I was still thinking, how can I use the skills that I, I, I gained, you know, three years doing athletic training? Like, I, you know, those are great skills to have. So then I was like, well, maybe I can do um, something called PM and, R, PM and R, so physical medicine and rehab. So similar concepts um, in terms of rehabbing injuries or working with patients with traumatic brain injury, stroke, um, in, in that you're helping them get through the rehabilitation process and you're kind of the physician that's leading the team that does that. Wow. Um, and I remember thinking, I don't want to do this either. <laughs> and the funny thing is, so I did OB, my ob gyne rotation, which was six weeks, I believe it was either six or eight weeks. I think it was six. I did my ob gyne rotation towards the end of third year. Now, most people, by the time they get to third year, they know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I thought I knew what I wanted to do um, in that I thought I wanted to do ortho. And when I came to ortho, I was like, nope. And then I ended up having my ob rotation towards the end of third year. And I really liked it. I loved it, actually. I loved the variety, the diversity um, in, in the specialty itself. Like, you know, you might be on labor and delivery one moment and then you might be in the main OR doing a surgical case, and then you may be in your office seeing some patients for follow-up or, or prenatal visits. And I really, I truly enjoyed it. But in my head, I, ha- I hadn't done physical medicine and rehab yet. And so I was like, okay, OB-9 is great, but nope, I'm doing physical medicine and rehab. That's what I'm going to do. <clears throat> and so for the be- very beginning of fourth year, which again, most people at this point, they know what they're doing. They got it. I had my I had my first elective in physical medicine and rehab because again, I told you third year was all the core rotations. Fourth mm-hmm. year was basically all your electives. And so if if your desired specialty was not within one of the core rotations, you were basically waiting till fourth year to determine where you were gonna go. If that's what you were gonna do. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did that as I did physical medicine and rehab as my first elective of fourth year and day one I was like yeah, I'd rather be doing a C-section. I literally had that thought. Like, and it wasn't just like wow. a C-section, like I want to go do C-sections on people, but I just got much more enjoyment from that aspect of medicine and taking care of women. And literally that day I was like, I mean, I finished the rotation, but I immediately made plans to um, basically do ob as my specialty of choice. And fortunately I had a fantastic rotation um, in ob the place I did my, my, ro- my rotation ended up being the place I did my residency. And it was just, it was just a great place for training. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so that's how, it, that's how it came. That's how it came to be. I kind of, you know, followed an unbeaten path, but that's actually kind of how that has been, how my life has been in general. So it's not too much of a surprise, <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's how I ended up. Um, that's how I ended up be, kind of coming into deciding to do OB-GYN. Wow. 
Yeah. Like the, and that that is like, hey, I'm going. It's almost like a smorgasbord of uh, careers. Like, oh, I'm going to try this. No, I don't like that. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try yeah. this. I don't like that. And and the beautiful part of it all is that you chose something that you're loving. Because a mm-hmm. lot of times when we do decide to go back to school, I don't know a lot of people that fall into what they love. Mm-hmm. Some people fall into the thing that they like and or that it, they know is going to bring money. It's not so much about, I know I like this. This is what makes me feel good. And I'm helping other people in, in the process. Um, yeah. So now... You come out of uh, pre-med, you're in med school, you're still loving uh, what you're doing. How was that journey going through each of those those processes and then to get into your own medical practice? Um, ooh, that's that's a, a broad question. Um, how was it? So, let me make sure I'm understanding. So how was it just kind of trans, like transitioning, transitioning from med from, school to mm-hmm. like residency or? From med school to residency to your own practice. Like, and in other words, what was, what was one of the biggest takeaways from each experience that put, that helped you into your medical practice? Hmm. Girl, you asking these questions, I could go on for three hours for. <laughs> um, I mean, probably one of the biggest things, I mean, this is kind of looking back in hindsight, um, that I think I probably gathered along the way. And I think this is just the human that I am anyway. But just treating people with kindness and respect. I mean, I... I have the opportunity, you know, as an OB-GYN, you are present for some very vulnerable moments, for some very joyous moments, Mm -hmm. potentially for some very heartbreaking moments, you know, depending on if someone's getting a bad diagnosis or if they have a poor pregnancy outcome. Um, And, you know, just treating people with kindness, treating people with, treating people how you would want your family treated, um, that, I mean, that was always a takeaway for me, you know, in, in medical school, in residency, even as an attending physician, you know, you get to see the way other people practice medicine, you know, especially in medical school and residency, you are by default learning from other, maybe other medical students, other residents and other, you know, attending physicians how to practice your particular specialty. And, um, you know, I think with that, you sometimes can see like, "Mm, I don't think I, I don't think I want to do that. Or you see, wow, I really love how they connect with their patients. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and do that, you know, or I really like how they explain stuff to their patients. I really like how they take the time to do this or that, you know, they make it very clear for them. And so, you know, I was definitely able to glean lessons like that over the years um, and, you know, to kind of hone my own craft and become my own 
person as um, a physician. But I mean, that, that's something that, that has always been with me is just treating people with respect, treating people how you would want to be treated, treating people how you would want other physicians to treat your family. And I've, I've carried that, you know, with me from, be, you know, from beginning until now. Yeah, I think I think that's amazing because I don't think people, I don't think a lot of people think in in that way. Um, so, as you know, I am well, and you may not know, but one of the things that I do is nails, mm-hmm. and so again, a part of what the, this conversation uh, will entail is what's up with your nails. So through this process, you're going through school. <laughs> Were you ever the um, the young lady that's like, okay, yeah, but I gotta go get my nails done, you know? Never, never. <laughs> no, in in med school, I didn't start getting my nails done consistently, and it wasn't. I I, don't, I had no desire to. Like it wasn't it wasn't a thing for me. Um, but <laughs> excuse me, I didn't start getting my nails done consistently until. I had, I was out of residency, might've been around like 2014, honestly. So I graduated from residency in 2000. No. Yeah. I graduated from med school in 2007. I graduated from residency in 2011. So it was maybe around 2014. And one of my um, office partners, her nails always looked so cute. I was like, oh my God, your nails always look so cute. Uh, I was like, I need to start getting my nails done because I want my, my hands to look polished. Um, but honestly, prior to that, I, I can't even say there wasn't really time. I didn't make time, but I also didn't prioritize it because it didn't, it, I didn't really care. Um, and so, you know, and then the other thing is also in, in, in medicine, um, yes, I, and I take it back, I think I got my nails done a couple times in residency, but I, it literally was like twice. You know, it wasn't like every two weeks I'm going to get my nails done by any means. And so um, the other thing is, especially in a surgical specialty, you have to be, you have to, you can't just have all kinds of stuff on your nails. I was never one for long nails anyway, you know, in terms of having um, either long acrylic or anything like that. But especially in a surgical specialty, you're literally putting on gloves. I don't know, depending on what rotation you're on, you know, as a resident, um, I mean, you could be gloving and, and degloving, I don't know how many times a day and you're doing a, you're doing very sensitive exams. So, you know, say you're on labor and delivery and you're on a 24 hour shift, who knows how many, you know, babies will be delivered, how many C-sections you're doing, how many vaginal exams you're doing. Like you can't just have super long, like it's just not practical. And so for me, it just was never something that I was like, Ooh, I got to get this done. Cause for me, I'm more like, Ooh, I got to make sure I keep my nails super short so that when I'm gloving and all that kind of stuff. So once I became an attending and had kind of a little bit of a lighter schedule, like I said, my, my friend's nails were always so cute. I was like, I'm going to start getting my nails done. I, then I kind of started getting them done every couple of weeks. And I would just get like a, um, I would just get like a note chip or something like that. Still super short because again, I'm still working very regularly, always putting on gloves and I just needed to be conscious of that and hygiene and things like that. So yeah, I, even now, like 
I have I have like some pretty you know neon nails. Very, I just got them good. done for um. I, I went to Florida last week, but prior to that, I hadn't had my nails done in I don't know. I think I got them done one other time during the pandemic. So this was maybe my second time, and I was like, oh, I want some really bright nails. So when I and you see, you could I don't know if you can see. Yes. There's still I need mm-hmm. to wash my hands. I'm like, they're they're still very short. Like mm-hmm. I don't, I, you know, I don't really keep long nails. But yeah, so me and nails, um, I think they're fun. I think they're fun to get done. But it's if they're not done, you know, I'm I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I I can understand that from from a physician's standpoint. Um, Now, would you think or would you say uh, that even just having a just a basic manicure with nothing, you know, no polish, no nothing, would that to you be a part of your self-care and kind of help you mentally to uh, decompress? Um, I, I mean, if honestly, if I'm going to get my nails done, like there's some polish going on, <laughs> um, but, but I, you know, I definitely have, um, a lot of times, like, especially before the pandemic, it's funny that I'm at gymnastics with my daughter now while I'm sitting and waiting for her, um, in the car at gymnastics, but before the pandemic, especially, you know, gymnastics. Um, and especially in the summertime, gymnastics was, you know, it might be two or three hours. And I would be like, well, what can I do during this time? Like, if I don't have time to go all the way back home and then come back here, I would definitely go get my nails done. And it's, it's absolutely nice because sometimes I would bring my daughter with me if, if it was not during a gymnastics day. Um, but it was definitely nice to be able to just go and sit and not have a little person be like, mommy, mommy, can you, you know, so, um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's definitely, it definitely can be a part of self-care. Um, if for some reason I don't prioritize that, then I don't feel like I'm lacking in self-care. Um, you know, I feel like there's other ways I can figure it out. And that could just be like vegging out on the couch or like watching a movie or attempting to read a book that I've been trying to get back to reading. Um, so yeah, so I, I think I say yes and no in that, like, yes, it can be part of my self-care, but if I don't make it a priority, I'm not like, oh my God, I didn't get my nails done this week. Oh, this is horrible. I'm just like, I told you, I've been, it's been, I think it's been a good year, if not more. Yeah. And and that's great that you even mentioned, uh, what the other, uh, parts of your self-care looks like. Right, because we are right now in still May, which is Mental Health Awareness Month, um, and for the most part, they say that the African Americans, uh, we are the ones who suffer the most from the mental health issue that that you know is is arising, and so to hear that you have other things that are going to help you, that was going to be one of my questions. Like, okay, so what else like do you do, especially in the field that you're in, where you are having to deal with different emotions coming sometimes right back to back? Like, what are some of those things that you do to help you to maintain sanity and decompress at the same time? So uh, that, that was really great. You hit that question before I even got to it. <laughs> 
so now you are F-A-C-O-G. Let's really talk about that. Now, I know what it means, but for the people listening, what does that mean? Okay. I don't know how I got muted. Okay. Um, so F-A-C-O-G uh, is basically an acronym for being board certified. So um, it stands for, uh, basically, I'm a fellow of the American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists. So um, once you complete residency, then you have the option, which most you know, jobs that you're looking for out of, outside of residency are looking for someone who is uh, board eligible or board certified. Board eligible just means you have to still complete a couple more steps to uh, the board certification process. Um, but board certification means you have, once you've completed your residency with all of the residency requirements, you have then completed a, uh, a written test that basically tests your knowledge on all, all things OB-GYN. It's like a, oh God, I took it back in like 2011. So at the time it was like a four hour you know, computerized exam, and it could be oh. on anything you learned in the past four years. Um, and then the test taking never ends in medicine, honestly. Um, and then after that, that's, that's part one. And then you have to compile a list of, um, of patients. Um, you create a case list. So basically every single patient that you you see in the next one to two years, it depends on if you want to do the kind of rapid board certification or kind of the more traditional two-year process. Every every patient that you see over that time frame, you have to log. Um, I did the, I did the more traditional. So basically when I got out of residency, I worked for a year. And then after that year, I started collecting cases for a year. So you collect cases for a year. So all your surgical cases, all of your obstetric cases, um, you don't do all of your office cases because you see, I mean, you literally see thousands of patients. So you have to collect uh, patients within certain categories. So you do all of that. Um, you collect your cases and you have to type it up a certain way. And it's for some people very anxiety provoking because it's just like, ah, you got to do all this stuff. And then, um, at the end, you have to submit your case list. It has to get approved. Um, and then you have to go and sit for an oral examination. You got to fly all the way to Dallas, child, and, um, and do a three-hour in-person exam. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart. Clearly, <laughs> because like, I don't um, see that, 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 that acronym behind a lot of doctors, of a physician. Yeah, well, I don't see it, it behind it, a lot of their names. It depends on, on the surgical specialty. So once you pass written and orals, then you can technically, you are technically board certified. And then you have to keep up your board certification every year by doing a variety of tasks, doing different CME or, or, or continuing med medical education activities, um, you know, things like that. So this is the thing, it depends on the, 
the specialty that someone's in. Okay. So FACOG is specifically for gynecologists. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, you may see FACS, that's for, that's like a fellow of the American College of Surgeons. You may see uh, FA, I think it's FAAP, fellow of the American Academy of Pediatrics. So FAAD, fellow of the American Academy of Dermatology. So everybody has their um, board that they are certified by. Now it's possible that some people aren't certified, which is not too often in the United States because most physicians want you to have to have undergone that rigorous testing and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then honestly, some people just may not include that, you know, if say on their social media, they just may not put that down, huh. you know, regardless of whatever their um, specialty is, they just may just put XYZ MD or XYZ DO or whatever their credentials mm -hmm. are. So it really just depends. I just happen to put it down because I earned them. So you that's know, right. You did a lot of work. throw them up there. <laughs> you did a lot of work. Uh, but yeah, more than likely, the the doctors that you're coming across are board certified. They just may not choose to put their full credentials um, or list them, you know, in certain spaces. Wow. So with all of that, you are a mom as well. Mm -hmm. And what I find uh, exciting is the fact that you have included your daughter in your journey as you're going along. So mm -hmm. as you're going to photo shoots and, and things like that, you're bringing her along so that she could see mom in action. Mm -hmm. That is so awesome. What was your inspiration behind that? Um, necessity. <laughs> <laughs> you said I didn't get a babysitter. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it really, and honestly, really depends on, I've, I mean, I've done so many shoots and things. Sometimes she's actively part of the shoot, like we're going to shoot together or, you know, whatever, if, you know, it's a particular type of content that is kind of um, mom-centered then or kid-centered, then I will have her, you know, come along with me. Um, you know, sometimes it's, she has an activity later in the day and we have to get her to her activity and the photo shoot is at two and the activity is at four. So you're coming with me and then we're going, you know what I mean? So honestly, most of the time it's out of necessity. I mean, absolutely, she can go um, and she can be with family, et cetera, um, as needed. But it, it, that's usually not necessary, like for what I'm doing. You know, most of the time, if I'm doing a shoot, I know my photographers really well. Um, and like her tagging along isn't a big deal. Right. Um, she loves it. She loves coming and tagging along and just kind of seeing all the behind the scenes. Um, so it's fun. You know, I also think it's cool because she um you know gets to see that we can do different things and that we can explore different um passions um she knows I'm a doctor but she also knows that I do photo shoots and she also knows that I partner with brands and things like that so um you know I think I think it's really important to expose children people you know, of all ages, really, expose people to what it looks like to live within multiple passions, you know? I know for me, 
especially in medicine, no one was, you know, it was, it, it was, it was kind of like, okay, you go to med school, you get your degree, you go to residency, you graduate, you get a job, you know, you get a nice house and a nice car, and then you live happily ever after, and then you travel sometimes and all, you know, all of that. But nobody that I really saw, I didn't really have anyone that modeled, you know, what it looks like to live and work as a physician, but also pursue other interests in the way that I see myself doing now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think it's important for people, um, and, you know, especially obviously my daughter to see, like, you can be passionate about multiple things. You can be great Absolutely. at more than one thing. You can pursue more than one thing. Um, interestingly enough, I'm going to bring this up because it just happened the other day. And I said, you know, when you don't have, you know, you, you hear people talk about fixed and growth mindsets. Mm -hmm. And when you have a fixed mindset, you don't see those other options. You see, you got your, you got your degree. You're a doctor. Boom. That's Yay. It. It's the end all be all. It's the end point. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing something. Um, I remember exactly where I saw it. And they, they said something that resonated with me. And it was basically them saying that whatever they were doing was the door. And I said, you know what? I never thought about that. I said, medicine for me wasn't the end point. It was the door. It was the portal to other things. Yes, I'm going to always be a physician. Um, but it, it's a portal for me. It's allowed me to work with some amazing brands. It's allowed me to do some really phenomenal speaking engagements mm -hmm. um, that maybe I wouldn't have had access to had I not, had I not been a physician. Um, and so, you know, that I think is really cool. But someone commented on a post the other day of mine and um, it, was a, it was a post regarding a... Um, a uh, a hair a hair vitamin that I, I've previously talked about, and the person wrote on in a comment, "You went to you went to something to the effect of you went to med school for all those years to get your MD, only to be doing ads on Facebook." <laughs> and I literally was like, "Stuff like that doesn't really get to me because I'm like, I have no idea who you are." The people that know me and love me and God, most importantly, has allowed me to get to this point to where I have the freedom, like your, their mindset was so closed that they only see my MD in a, me in a white coat, sitting behind a desk, typing up some notes and talking to patients, which is vital. I do not, anybody that's out there as a physician in that way this is not at all intended to disrespect that because I did that for years right. and it's absolutely vital so it, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that it's more so it's okay if you don't want to do that all the time if you want to do clinical work part-time and maybe pursue some other interests that's perfectly fine but if you don't see anyone that's doing it it's hard to figure out if it's possible for you to do and so it was just so interesting. I said I was going to respond back to her. Uh, I just, I haven't gotten the chance yet. But I just, I said, how fixed your mindset has to be to look at someone you do not know online, to not know their full story, and then to make that comment. Not knowing that my MD afforded me the opportunity to even partner with that brand because they needed a, a medical expert as an OB-GYN to speak to certain, to certain issues. Um, you don't even realize 
that I enjoy doing that. Like I enjoy being able to create um, and not only be creative, but hey, I get to actually use my degree that I'm still paying for. Um, no, I know that's right. To be, to be creative in this way. And so what if it's an ad? Like, who cares? You know what I mean? And, 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 um, you know, that I get, like, I, my standpoint is, wow, like, I, I did all, put in all that hard work, and it's paid off, and it's paid off in a really amazing way, that now I get to do stuff that I actually never dreamed of. You couldn't have told me 10 years ago that I would be, you know, blogging, influencing, insert whatever term you want to use for it. You could have told me that. I, that it just wasn't even within my realm of possibility. Like, you know, you heard about people blogging, but it wasn't necess- it wasn't tangible for me because it's not something I had ever even considered. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it's just interesting when things like that come up because it's like, you don't even understand the freedom I have now. Okay. I'm actually not clinically active now. I'm in the works and kind of planning to go back. But when I go back, I'm going back like a day a week. I might be going back for like six hours. I don't know exactly yet, but I'm not going back and working three, four, five days a week, being on call two weekends a month. No, ma'am. Like I'm not do like God willing. And I told God, I was like, God, I'm not going back and doing that again. So I'm going to need you to, <laughs> I need you to make this happen for me. But I mean, every, every time I've worked in any capacity and I've taken time away and I've come back, I've always worked in a far less capacity than I did before. And I've, it's just shown me that I can, I can use my skills that I've learned um, as a, or that I've learned as a physician in other areas. I can still operate as a physician, um, but I don't have to do it in the way that society tells me it has to be done. And so we need more of that conversation because then you have people out there randomly on the internet, these keyboard warriors that say stuff like that. There it's like, it was like, she was so disappointed in me. I'm like, baby, you don't even know, like the freedom I have right now, I can do, I can come and go as I please. I'm not bound to a schedule. I'm not bound to your fixed perception of what a physician looks like. And I, and I, and, and, and not in the, like, I don't care, but like, and I don't care. Like you, that may be your perception of what a physician like it looks like. I got to have my own perception because I have to live my life. Absolutely. You don't live my life for me. Um, so it's just really interesting. Um, and, and again, we were talking about me bringing my daughter along, but it's important to show the youth and honestly adults because if adults yeah. have been like, go to school, get your degree, get your job, da, 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 that's what you do. And no one's ever saying, hey, guess what? I know that's your passion. You're really fantastic at this, but I know you really love to draw. You used to make beautiful paintings. How come you don't do that anymore? And then it's often, well, I don't have time for it because you're, you're, you're living out this, this ideal of what other people have made your particular career path to be. Yes. When your career, particular career path may be, hey, I really do like this. This is what I trained to do. I went to school for years for. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this twice a week, but I really love painting. That is my passion. And I'm going to do that two days a week. And then another day of the week, I'm going to do something, you know, whatever. I just, I think I, I posted a while ago. I said, um, I said, um, you know, when they say you can't um, have it all, 
you can't. And it's because you can't have it all on their terms. <laughs> you know, if you, uh, that having it all, whatever that is to you, if it's on someone else's terms, you're never going to be able to have it because yeah. they're always going to, and when I say they, whatever entity, Whoever your job, does. whatever, um, they're always going to be pulling on you. Like this assignment needs to be completed. We need you here from, uh, eight to five or nine to five or whatever your hours are Monday through Friday. Oh, we need you to be at this event on Saturday or whatever it is. They're always going to be pulling you in a direction that is potentially counter to what maybe some of your passions are. And so for me, I literally feel like I live in the best of both worlds where, like I said, now I'm planning to go back to work, ideally, maybe like a day a week. I'm homeschooling my daughter. I can still homeschool her with that schedule. I can still do all the brand work that I have, you know, found that I've, I've really loved and have a passion for that as well. So I can have it all and it's all my terms. I can't, I can't do that if I, if somebody was like, okay, we're going to hire you, but you got to work five days a week and, and do a 72 hour call one to two times a month. Ooh. I can't do all that other stuff. And it's you hard know? for mom so, in that time frame as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, you know, I, I think I it's it. important for her to see, um, and, and she doesn't come along all the time. Sometimes I'm like, well, no, you can't come, you know, come along because we're going to be doing a lot of moving around or what have you. Uh -huh. Um, and I mean that for me, that just has, has me set boundaries with her anyway, that like, no, you don't get to come to everything. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so important for us, you know, to model the possibilities for kids. And like I said, grown folks are still learning this. Heck, I was still learning it. <laughs> you know, it's only something I've come to be familiar with in the past several years as I've, you know, kind of navigated this path. Oh, yeah, I, I totally and completely agree. And, and, and I would love to add that I, I've learned the same thing just because of all of the different gifts that I've kind of been blessed mm -hmm. to share with, with the world. <clears throat> And I remember hearing God say to me, I'm not in a box. Mm -hmm. and it was like, you keep trying to put you in a box. Mm -hmm. You didn't come from a box. Mm -hmm. And if you put you in a box, you're trying to put me in a box. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So take you out the box. You are not a doll. I know that's your nickname, but you are not a doll that is created and put into a box. So to, to have all of these uh, passions, right? Now you have, you are your brand. You mm -hmm. are your brand, yeah. right? When did that even begin for you? Just working on you becoming your brand. When did that start? So I always kind of take it back. I, I kind of officially started blogging. Um, it's now been about six years. It was in like January of 2016. So I had my daughter in, um, in 2015. And interestingly enough, it, you know, my life has taken so many interesting turns. But right before I had my daughter, mm -hmm. I was working at a practice. And literally two days before maternity leave, they told us that they were closing the practice. It was a hospital, a hospital run practice. It wasn't like my own private, um, private practice or anything like that. And, you know, I got this series of calls. I ended up talking to my, my same partner who would get her nails done. I was like, girl, what's going on? Such and so called me and left this message. And she was like, girl, they're closing the practice. I was like, what? And I mean, literally they had, they had been calling me, 
um, I was my I was my off day, and I was like, I will deal with this tomorrow. Like, I don't know what they're calling <laughs> me for, but this is my off day. Like, don't call me on my off day to try and tell me whatever. Oh and so that was a Tuesday. But after they called multiple times, I was like, let me text my friend because I'm just going to talk to her. And so she'll tell me what's going on. Right. And so she told me that. And so that was a Tuesday. Wednesday, I officially talked to um, basically like the leadership from the, the organization and Friday was going to be my last day in the office. My baby was due on Monday. So less than a week before I basically got fired from my job. And I was like, and it wasn't for anything. It was, they literally, it was, it was a, a financial decision by the, you know, by the, the entity um, or by the organization. And um, I remember at the time, I, I remember at the time thinking multiple things like, what? Like the first thing was just kind of shocked. You right, know, and then the second thing was, I was like, I'm literally about to have a baby next week. I don't have time to be thinking about this. I don't have time to be looking for a job, interviewing for a job. And I, 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 I thought I, it literally came to me. I was like, God, I said, if you're allowing this to happen, there must be something better on the other side. Like, yes, there, there must be something better. And so um, I basically, and there was like, I tell people all the time that that was me getting fired was a pivotal moment in my life because had I not gotten fired, I would have been back at work in 12 weeks. Who knows what would have happened? Who knows if I would have had any depression, any issues with, you know, nursing or anything, who knows? But I, what ended up happening is when she turned 12 weeks, when I, when I remember thinking like, oh, I'm supposed to be going back to work. And I was like, oh my God, I can't leave my, how could I have been leaving my baby? She's so little, she needs me. But God knew, and God always does that. Like, God had the foresight and knew, like, I got to completely take this away. She can't have something to go back to, or she will go back to work. Or she go back. And yeah. even though, and then she'll be going back being all sad. And mind you, I was going to be leaving my baby with my mom. Like, she wasn't going to a stranger. She wasn't going to somebody I really didn't know or trust. Um, and so after, after that, like, once that 12 weeks hit, I, it, it kind of was like a month two months, three months, four months, five months, that kind of rolled by that I was like, I, I told you all the time and all the effort that we put into med school and residency, like, we didn't just take time off. Like, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't think I ever missed a day. I may have missed a day in residency when my grandma passed away. Like, wow. there was, you're, you're not calling off, like, you go, you go to work. Wow. <laughs> you go, you may go to work sick. And now mind you, I had a very, I had an awesome and supportive residency program, but like, and we had vacation, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to think like we never had time off, but it wasn't like, you know, some jobs you can be like, I'm going to say I'm taking off on Monday. You couldn't, you couldn't do that. Like you didn't, right. you just didn't do that. I mean, unless you were like deathly ill. Right. So anyway, yeah, I, I so enjoyed having unadulterated time that I wasn't on somebody else's clock. Uh -huh. And I got to see my baby and I got to like not miss anything. And I did, I didn't miss anything. Like I didn't miss first steps. I didn't miss milestones. I didn't miss any of that stuff. And so about a year after, so basically when she was about six months or so, I was, I was kind of like someone, a friend of mine a few years before was like, you should start a fashion blog. I was like, girl, I don't have time. This was in 2012. I'm like, I don't have time to start a fashion blog. I'll work all these hours, blah, blah, blah. But you, you see, you see, I was putting off things that were potentially of interest because I got to work. Yeah. I was like, girl, I can't do that. I got to work. And so after I had my daughter, I wasn't working. And I was like, well, what can I do to 
like, make sure I'm kind of staying up to date. And I was like, you know, I can, maybe I can share some posts about like, you know, when you get your first mammogram or like when you yeah. need your first pap smear or I'll talk about how I made baby food and I'll just post what I wore today. And, you know, all those, it started off very organically and very much like a hobby. And like I said, that was around January of 2016, very organically. I like, I, I didn't know, I didn't know people were, doing brand partnerships. I had no idea about any of that at all. And so maybe about a year and a half to two years in, people were always asking me where I got different clothes. Um, and oftentimes it was stuff that I had. I mean, sometimes maybe it was something I just picked up, but many times it was like, oh girl, I got this two years ago at Macy's or two years ago at Target or three years ago at wherever. Uh-huh. And um, I remember thinking, I need to figure out how I can partner with some brands because people are asking me about what I'm wearing. Like I, it could be beneficial for me and a brand. So yeah. that led me to reaching out, you know, to some different brands. Um, and then honestly, it just truly, since that time, it just evolved. It literally just evolved into where I am now, where I've been asked to speak at, you know, um, retreats and, um, you know, I get emails all the time to um, contribute to an article or answer questions um, about a women's health subject um, to, you know, partnerships with brands who may need a women's health expert. So it's, it's truly um, evolved. Like I said, it, it started off very organically because I had no idea really what I was doing. Um, but it's, it's been a, it's been a fun journey. It's been a huge learning curve. It's been a huge learning experience. Um, but it's been, it's been good. I, I love it. So now you, um, when you mentioned the kinesiology and just knowing how the body works and the exercise part of it, uh, you kept hold of some of that stuff when, cause I see you, I, I see some of the workouts <laughs> on oh. your page, right? So when you are, um, when you're looking for like content, sometimes you feel like, yeah, let's talk about working out. Is it because you're so into your workouts as a part of, you know, uh, taking care of yourself? No. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. (laughs) You know what, what's really funny. So honestly, it's, I, I'm just always thinking of like what you know, I may happen upon an article like you know I get I get um uh, you know our obstetric journals and you know magazines and stuff all the time and so I may see a topic in there that will literally spark and I'll be like oh I could do a reel on that or something like that mm. um or sometimes people will DM me and ask questions I'm like oh I could probably make a reel about that and just I try and keep the information lighthearted right. um easy to digest, relatable. Um, but quite honestly, up until three weeks ago, I was working out like once a week. <laughs> so I can't, I cannot say that those videos were inspired by my own journey. I, I just, I can't. Now I, I have, I'm a huge opponent of um, what people eat. I mean, well, not what people eat of showing people ways to eat that are healthier because I can't make people do anything um but yeah so I I 
I would probably be more inclined. And don't get me wrong, I will post different some different workout stuff that I've done with with um one of my friends who we do some sessions together. But I can't say that like oh the inspiration for me posting about this is like because I work out all the time and <laughs> I want everybody to be fit. No, yes. that girl, no, I, that, love I'm it. Not, I can't even say that. <laughs> no, I love how real you are. I truly, truly love it because most people are like, yeah, girl, I have you. you like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. that's right. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't. I've actually, um, my sisters and then two of our family friends who are sisters. So there's three of us, me and my two sisters, and then there's two of them and their sisters. We've literally known each other for, I'm 42, so we'll say 40 years. Um, we grew up in church together. We've literally known each other basically our whole lives. And so um, my oldest sister was trying to kind of get back on some health stuff <laughs> and get back working out. And she was like, I need somebody to hold me accountable. So we're like, okay, we'll figure something out. And so our friend, um, who was actually my best friend, she was like, um, you know, I can add you guys to my Peloton account and, you know, you can register as users and then you can do the workouts and stuff. And I was like, oh, this is perfect because I've been telling myself I I need to do something else. Like one thing I've noticed is that since I haven't been working, I've been way less active, like, and I was working like three days a week and it wasn't like I was working out at work, but just the process of getting up, going to work, being at work, standing up, walking back and forth in the hall Mm -hmm. to patient rooms, all that kind of stuff. When I was, when I was working, I'm like, was I, I wasn't even working out then. I've only been working out with, um, with one of my friends. She does kind of a ballet inspired dance and I actually used to dance. And so I've only been working out with her for two years. I started working out with her right before the pandemic hit. I would actually go to her her home and then we start doing everything virtually. But before that, when I was working, girl, I could could have easily told you it had been four or five years since I had worked out, like no lie. And I basically maintained my body just just by how I ate. I've been vegetarian for 24 years. I've been more so plant-based. Um, in the past couple of years, because dairy irritates my skin. Um, but yeah, like I, I couldn't, when I was, I couldn't even have told you the last time I worked out. Like, wow. now, and not that I didn't think working out was important right. at all. Like, I mean, I would definitely tell my patients they, that, like, you know, work out 30 minutes a week. But I also lived a lifestyle and ate a diet that most people probably in general, weren't eating. Right. So you know how they say like abs are eighty percent of abs are made in the kitchen or something like that. Like I literally, I've probably been roughly the same size since high school. Like, and that was oh, wow. twenty five years ago. Um, but I've been vegetarian also for twenty four years, and that I, I probably has helped me a lot to maintain my weight basically at the same. But what I was saying is, what I noticed, um, I went to try something on. I was like. Mm. This ain't supposed to to feel like this. And I I started taking inventory because it wasn't like I had made. And so we were doing, you know, we weren't like just moving around all day, you know, there was, it was a lot more sedentary than I had been. Mm -hmm. And then I was, so I I had to take inventory 
of like my activity. And I'm like, okay, well, has my diet changed? And it hadn't changed a lot, but it changed a little bit. It changed enough. Like most of the time when I was getting up, going to breakfast, I wasn't going to breakfast, going to work. I wasn't having breakfast, but then I would grab my wake up and make like some grits. And I wasn't, I wouldn't make like something. I wouldn't make like three servings. I would make like one small thing, but if you have grits, three times a week, <laughs> you know, that, and you're not moving as much. And like I said, anybody who saw me, they probably wouldn't even look at me and they'd be like, girl, you ain't gained no weight or you look exactly the same. And it, it honestly, it, I told one of my friends, I was like, I think I need to lose like three pounds. And she was <laughs> like three pounds. I was like, I'm like, I don't want to lose weight. I'm like, there's just, so I was like, I noticed my arms got a little bit bigger. I was like, uh-uh. So when my <laughs> sister decided um, when she mentioned that literally we started, I think May 1st, I was like, let me be more proactive about this. Um, and so I still do my weekly session with my friends. And then I've been trying to do either like with you know, the Peloton app, app has a bunch of, um, you know, different activities if you've ever been on it. So I've been trying to either do a ride or a walk or something most days of the week. It, it may not be every day, but I try and do something maybe at least three times a week, sometimes it's four, it just depends on the week. Um, and the funny thing is I can already notice the difference. Like, and it was literally just me needing to, move. needing to move. to move. It was, it was me needing to move more, yeah. I should say. Cause don't get me wrong. It's not like I was just sitting at home, like oh, yeah, a lump yeah, on a yeah. log, but mm-hmm. I was a lot more inactive than I had been, um, you know, before. So mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think I think we got to try and keep all that stuff in mind. I think we have to really, I, that's one thing I try and help patients with, is I try and help them really be a, accountable. Um, I'm like, listen, you get one life. Like, this is your one body that God gives you. This is your temple that you have to take care of. And if you don't treat it right, it's not going to be good to you. That's right. If you don't put the right fuel in it, it's not going to be good to you. Um, and and I, what I have found, especially in our community, the last place I worked, um, I was I was blessed to work with people that look like me. Um, and when I say work with, like patients, because a lot of the other practice settings I had been in, don't get me wrong, I love my patients regardless, but they a lot of times they didn't look like me. And so I, I was so happy to be able to make an impact in a community that really needed yeah. that voice to be like, man, somebody cares about us. They yes. look like me um, and they actually care. Like they're not just coming in the room and being like, okay, do this, do, do, do. And then leaving in two seconds. Like they're actually spending time. They're asking me questions. They're letting me ask questions. Yes. Um, and so I always made it a point. I'm like, I know you're here for your gynae visit, but let's talk about, you know, what are you eating? Let's talk about your blood pressure. What's going on? Like you get one life. Do you have kids? Yes. You want to see them go to college? Yes. Okay. You think what you're doing right now is going to get you there? Um, okay. How can we change that? And it was never from a place of judgment. It was literally like, look, this is, I, I, I want to be objective. I'm not, gonna, I'm not sitting here to judge, but let's look at the, at the objective number. Let's talk about, um, you know, what we see in front of us. This is, all this can change. You don't have to have high, you're 35 years old. You don't got to have high blood pressure and you don't have some like genetic condition that makes you have high blood pressure. You don't have to have have diabetes, but if nobody's, I've had patients tell me more than once, um, 
I'll, you know, I'll ask things like, you know, what do you, what kinds of things do you drink? Do you drink water? Oh, I don't like water, Dr. King. Okay, what are you drinking? Um, well, I don't drink pop. Okay, what are you drinking? Well, I drink juice and da da da. I'm like, okay, well, juice is just as bad as pop. It's, uh, now, don't get me wrong. If you have a pop or juice now and then, you know, so be it. But if you're drinking that three or four times a day, it's empty Ooh. calories. You know, and a lot, and a lot of times I had patients, they would be like, well, I thought juice was okay. Cause they think it's like fruit and it's like, well, no, if I'd rather you eat an apple right. versus eat it versus drinking apple, apple juice, juice. Mm-hmm. the apple's going to have fiber. It's going to have other, Yum. you know, complex carbs in it. That's yes. going to help your body more so than just drinking juice. So there's so much education to be done. That's actually part of the reason that I've, you know, I've kind of, you know, God has kind of been leading me to go back to work. Um, but again, in a capacity that makes sense, I'm like, I can still make an impact and still have these conversations because they still need to be had. I just don't have to do it in a way that's not conducive to my lifestyle anymore. Right. Um, yeah. That's, listen, the, the fact that you take that time out is a blessing in itself because like you said, a lot of people are not, a lot of physicians mm-hmm. are not taking that time. It's just, hey, don't do this, don't do this and do mm-hmm. this. And the sad part is that you're looking at people who you can clearly tell are doing the, the exact thing that they're telling you not to do. Absolutely. It's like, huh? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Hold up. I'm gonna I'm gonna need you to take a chill pill on that. Um so that I find to be breath, a breath of fresh air because we don't have that, especially with people that, you know, look just like us. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Uh, so now you have these brand partnerships, these brand partnerships that you went and said, hey, I think you should partner with me. When you did this and saying you didn't know how to really do it, when you did it and and it worked out, were you like, oh my gosh, that worked, <laughs> right? Like, or, or, or were you like, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm just being funny, but like, what was the reaction that you had? And then after that, did you work on a formula so that going forward, it would be a little easier? no formula. Um, but yeah, definitely in the beginning, it was, it was a lot of trial and error because like I said, I, I didn't know how to pitch a brand. Like, I don't know what I, like, I know, I know how to do a C-section. <laughs> I know how to do a hysterectomy. I don't know. Like, I don't know about marketing and pitching brands and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so in the beginning it was, you know, like I said, I, I kind of reached out to brands. Um, and honestly, in the beginning, I really, I wasn't even getting paid. It was more like, it might be like a, um, an exchange where they may send me something in exchange for me talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and so over time, you know, being around like-minded people, I came to, um, find out like, oh, you can get paid for this. Cause like I said, in the beginning, I'm like, I didn't know anything about that. Right. And so, you know, I came to find out that like, oh, you can get paid for this. And so then, um, you know, it, it, it was both ways. Like sometimes brands would reach out 
for a partnership or sometimes I would reach out to brands. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was definitely exciting when um when they would agree, you know, would agree to a partnership yeah. because it was for me it was it was so new. It was like totally new for me. So it was really exciting to be seeing progress in this area that like was completely foreign to me yeah yeah um when where you are right now and possibly uh going back into your your field of expertise how much of your time do you think will you still devote to everything that you love in regards to your brand? I don't I, I don't know if I can give a a, a, a percentage um, because the way I work is kind of very organic. Um, the spirit gotta move you. Well, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, sure, you know, but, you know, I do, I homeschool my daughter, so we do that during the day, but for example, I was working on um, uh, kind of an assignment or a project while we were doing homeschool today, so, you know, we, I would, we would review a particular topic, and then she, um, you know, would, would kind of work on it, and then, you know, she may take five or ten minutes, so I was like, on my end um so I it's kind of I'm still at the point where I kind of have to get things done I could probably be a little bit more structured with it and say like okay I'm going to specifically dedicate but sometimes if I'm in like you said if I am moved I was like today I was like oh I got to get this done it was due by Friday and I was like I don't want Friday to come and I'm like trying to rush to do it I was like I it's it's a task that's easy enough for me to do I can do it now while doing this let me get this done so I got it all done I mean it it, it was over the course of about four or five hours you know with me in between so it you know I can't really say like I can't say oh I'm going to dedicate 50 percent that's just not how I and that's just not how my brain works like I just I I if if the work needs to be done I get it done um if that takes me 10 percent of my time it takes 10 percent of my time it takes 70% 70% of my time and take 70% of my time. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that answered the question, no, but it sure that's does. my answer. It sure <laughs> does. It sure does. So in closing, um, what are some gems that you feel you would be able to give to the woman that is going into your uh, field and also the woman who wants to be um, an influencer with those two, you know, with that in tow? I would say for someone going into OB-GYN, I would just say medicine in general, because it's not, I wouldn't say this is specific to Mm -hmm. OB-GYN. But to continue to pursue and prune and hone your passions. Like they're your passions for a reason. Like they were given to you by God for a reason. Um, Those gifts, the skills, um, you know, outside of medicine, they were given to you for 
a reason. Um, you know, it, the way in which you pursue them may look a little bit different, you know, depending on what part of your career you're in. Because, you know, quite honestly, in medical school, you, you do, you are doing a lot of studying, but can you carve out an hour a week to pursue your passion? Yeah, you probably can if you if you want to make that time. You know what I mean? Um, so it's all about what you're choosing to prioritize. But I would just say make a really strong, concerted effort to prioritize your passions in some way. And again, it may look a little bit different. It may look different in residency. Once you're an attending, you may find that you have way more time than you had for the past eight years or however many years you, medical school is four, some residencies are three, some are four, some are five, some are six, some are seven. Um, so your free time may look completely different as an attending than it did as a medical student or resident. And so you may find that you have way more time to pursue um, different interests and passions. So that's, that's one thing I think I would share with an up and coming um, either medical student or physician, because I don't feel like that's something we I was told at all. Like, and, and again, I've always been, I, you know, I, I've told you my story and like, I thought I was going to do, um, you know, in, in undergrad, I was like, I don't want to do biology. I don't want to be stuck there. I want to do something that I, I would actually like doing if medicine doesn't come through. And so I've always, even though I didn't realize I was doing it, I, it's just, that's just who I am, um, found ways to like do what I liked to do. Um, but again, it just, it's going to look different. And I think having expectations is super important. So no, you know, if you were in college and you were an amazing artist and you're now going to med school and you painted for 10 hours a week, you probably won't be able to paint for 10 hours a week once you're in med school. I mean, maybe right. you will, but you probably right. won't, you know, so as long as you have reasonable expectations mm -hmm. of what that looks like for you at that given stage, I think that helps so much. Um, for the influencer, um, I, I could say so many things, but one thing I tell my, I have to tell myself often, um, maybe a little bit less now, but progress over perfection just start somewhere. That was that's probably one of my original things that I tell people because it, it can apply to any area of life. Is just start somewhere. Like it will it will come together. And that's that's what caused me to start my blog because I was in the mode of perfection. I was in the mode of perseverating on like, well, what should the name be? And I'm like, and then it's like, well, girl, you could just change the name. You know, if if, that, if whatever it doesn't work. Um, and it's like, well, what am I going to, what am I going to first post about, you know? And then one day I was like, Kiara, just start. Like you have to start somewhere, yeah. just start. Like if you start and it, I don't know, it doesn't make sense. Or if you start and it's not what you wanted. Okay. Now you can look and say, you know what? I drafted this. I wrote this. It's not what I wanted to sound like. It's not the picture I wanted to use. Okay what am I going to do to improve upon that the next time, you know? Um, so yeah, that was, those will probably be just start and progress over perfection. I love it. I love it. I, I, again, I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to hear your story, to, to get to know you a little better for, you know, people who haven't seen you in essence and self magazine and oh. <laughs> everywhere else that you have been this was 
to me so um, fulfilling because, you know, for one to be an African-American than a woman and you have succeeded at doing some things that I don't want to be a medicine, but you're utilizing all of the gifts that you have mm-hmm. been given unapologetically. Yeah. And I think that is so wonderful. And it's something to be celebrated because not only are you using your gifts for you, but you're using them for God and people are being helped yeah. and blessed in the process. Yeah. For me, that is Amen. a That is a very yeah. big deal, right? So I look forward to watching what comes next from, from what you're doing. You're beautiful. You have a shape oh, like you. nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, good, great. Oh, she thank you. She a shape on her, honey. And so, you know, I, I wanted to have this conversation to, to, to kind of highlight who's already shining. And I thank you for being that light that shines so that we can see that we can do it too. So oh, thank you. I, 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 again, I, I hope you enjoyed our conversation. Yes, uh, absolutely. I, I, I definitely learned a lot. And um, I look forward to, to applying some of the things that I've learned, especially the progress over perfection. <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one. Working on too, you know, because I'm in school and, and I'm very much like, give yeah. me the A. I want the yeah. A. I'm working for the A. I did the yes. work for the A. Hand it over, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I am so that person. And before yes, I want yes. to share something with you, my mom did physical medicine and rehabilitation and oh, she wow. worked in the VA and she was the coordinator in the VA. So when I heard you say that my mom did kinesiotherapy, she was kinesiology, she did all that. And I'm like, wow, Oh wow, that, that, yeah. that's a beautiful thing. And I wanted to, to share like you know, there's some commonalities. That connection, yeah. Yeah, even I did dance. I was a dancer since I was five years old. Yeah. So to me, you are like the Claire and the Heathcliff Huxtable mixed together. (laughs) (laughs) And so I just wanted to share that with you and share you with the people that uh, are out here listening. Thank you so much for being my guest. And again, Absolutely. I look forward to more that you're going to do uh, because I just know that it is going to be phenomenal. So thank you. Thank for you. Putting out into the atmosphere. I appreciate that. And I receive that. Yeah, this is my extraordinary year, girl. So yes, it is. I mean, every year, every year is extraordinary. But that, yes. was my, that was my word for this year. So it's going to be it's I mean it's almost halfway through. It's been a good year, but it's God has answered some very specific prayers um and yeah it's it can it's 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 gonna be even more amazing I'm looking forward to it absolutely and I look forward to seeing your daughter grow into the woman that she is going to grow into because she has you as a mom so thank you so much again for your time I am so glad that you joined us yeah everybody we had Dr. Kiara King in the building listen Y'all, I really hope that y'all had an amazing time with us. I learned a lot. I hope you did too. And where can we find you before we go? Like, how how can we follow you? So across all social media platforms, you can find me at Dr. Kiara King. That's the at symbol. 
D-R-K-I-A-R-R-A-K-I-N-G. Um, my uh, website is drkiaraking.com. Same thing, D-R-K-I-A-R-R-A-K-I-N-G.com. And yeah, I'm there serving up fashion and some yes. medicine and some motherhood and some, just a little, little sprinkling of my life all over. And we love it. So you guys make sure you follow everything because I trust, I truly believe it's going to bless you. And I think we're going to learn some things. So you guys, again, thank you so much for listening and tuning in to On The Spot Talk with D Malone, me. And thank you so much. I hope you guys have an amazing rest of your day. And don't forget to come back because I'm going to have somebody else amazing when we come back. I love you guys, but I know you know what I'm going to say, but just in case this is a new day, you never came here before, here it goes. Be blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing. I love y'all.